Welcome to Deep Focus, a radio show about movies and New Haven. I'm your host, Tom Breen, and I'm joined in the studio today by uh, a guest who's, I think you've been on the show, this is the third time, maybe even the fourth. Yes. So (laughs) making his his third appearance on Deep Focus is Stephen Dest. Fen, thank you so much for coming on to talk about uh, your new movie and also how how some of the the movies that are already in the can uh, are doing. But uh, it's great to have you here, as always. Thank you, Tom. Great to be here. Perfect. So... Uh, the uh, the primary reason I want to have you on the show today is to talk about the next film in your kind of New Haven trilogy, uh, starting with My Brother Jack, and then I Am Shakespeare. This next one is called Grace. But before we move on to Grace, um, could you fill me and the listeners in on what's happening with your, your documentary, I Am Shakespeare, uh, which was the last uh, interview that we had with you on the show, you and uh, the documentary subject, Henry Green, were in the studio talking about the making of the movie, talking about Henry's remarkable story, being both an actor uh, and also involved in uh, street violence in, in New Hallville, getting shot, recovering, and very unfortunately, Henry recently passed away from complications related to the shooting at the center of I Am Shakespeare. So I wonder if maybe first could you um, tell us, just since you know, in the past year, year and a half since we had you on the show, what's, what's new with I Am Shakespeare and how are you doing in the wake of, of Henry's passing? Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's a lot. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good right now. It was a difficult summer for not only myself, but obviously Henry's family and everyone involved with the film. Uh, let me back up a little bit. I think uh, is probably best. So yeah, uh, yeah, coming in here, I was thinking about that day that uh, Henry and I spent with you. One of my uh, one of my favorite days uh, talking about the film and spending time with Henry. I think for a lot of people, maybe they don't know, uh, you know, leading up to making the film, Henry and I spent a lot of time together uh, before we actually started shooting his interview, uh, doing talk shows like this and interviews and and just spending time together in coffee shops and walking around New Haven and um, really sort of trying to get a sense of uh, what we want to accomplish with the film. Uh, you know, those are days I thought I would continue to be doing today. I, you know, I, I wish he was here right now, obviously, uh, recapping with me what's gone on with the film in the past year uh, because a, a lot of great things have happened with the film. Um, so, you know, we world premiered the film in New York a little over a year ago at the Harlem International Film Festival. And at that time, that's when Henry started to uh, get sick again and have chronic rejection with his transplant. So he was down in D.C. that weekend when I was in New York City, and we had hoped that we'd get together in New York uh, and he could sort of come in and do the Q&A for uh, for the film after the screening. It was on a Saturday night. Unfortunately, um, he wasn't released at that time, and so he couldn't make it. I bring that up because that was that was the first time I had talked about the film without him. So, uh, and I thought, okay, well, this was this one time, and you know, I'll I'll carry the torch of the film the best I can without without Henry with me. And, uh, but that that never happened again. I never had that opportunity. So I continued throughout the year doing film festivals, um, and and we did really well. We did a number of festivals. We won a couple of awards, and I stayed in contact with Henry throughout throughout that time, uh, mostly via text messaging. That's just how we communicated for the most part. And 
he ended up getting a second transplant uh, that didn't go well uh, around June. Actually, the night we we did the uh, International Arts and Ideas slash New Haven documentary launch, uh, and we did those screenings. And those who were at the screening know, because I announced that that was the night his second transplant actually came in. Um, I tell that story where he... You know, Henry and I always communicated leading up to an event, and we'd always check in on each other either to get directions or I always make the joke about, you know, what are you going to wear? You know, you know going to get dressed up, going to go black, what are we doing? Um, and around 5 o'clock that night, that's when, that's when that text came in, and I was like, okay, he probably wants directions or, or that kind of a thing. And he was like, no, I, I, I can't make it tonight. They, they have my transplant, so I'm, I have to shoot back down to D.C., and I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 be sorry. Like, oh, go get it. Um, and that was, you know, that, that was a little over a year ago. And like I said, I continued to do screenings and events. Uh, we put together the website and then the facilitator's guide, which we could talk maybe more about in a little while, which is part of the film. It's part of the educational launch for schools with the film. Uh, and then, yeah, and then, you know, we just kind of plowed through into the summer. And it was, you know, late July when... Uh, when unfortunately I got the news that a lot of other people got shortly thereafter that, um, you know, it was just, it was just too much on him physically and, you know, the body started to break down, uh, and the rejection was just too much. And unfortunately, uh, you know, a beautiful 26 year old boy, you know, had to say goodbye. Um, you know, not not the night he got shot, you know, but years later, which is a gift. And Henry did a lot of amazing things during that time. Um, and the only thing I can do now is hopefully uh, continue his his good work through the film. Um, we just did a, I don't know if you were there or not, Tom, but we did a, a on Henry's birthday. So Henry's birthday was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and I did a couple of free screenings at Neighborhood Music School. Um I hadn't seen the film. It was hard, you know, and wasn't really able to take a look at it for a while. But, um, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to share the film with the community and family members came and it was a really beautiful night. And it was, it was also important to see the film now and to kind of see what, how it's, how it plays now and, and what's, and honestly, it's, it's stronger than ever. His message is, you know, it's almost like he knew, I don't know. It's, it's just so funny how these, these things change you know we we made the film thinking like all right we'll take this film and henry and i will or henry alone and me separately as well we'll take it on this journey uh to schools and to, uh, to screenings and, and wherever wherever you know we felt it was important to be shown uh and watching the film now since henry's passed away uh the message message is stronger than ever i, I guess that's all i can really say about it and it, it, it works really well so i I continue to thank Henry every day. Um, well, obviously you had a, a very long and personal relationship with Henry, independent of the movie that you made. You're his teacher, became close friends, and and then filmmaking collaborators. So certainly my you know my um, thoughts are with his family and his friends, but also I'm sure this is a very difficult time for you. So thank you for coming on and for, for helping to share Henry's story. And when you say that, um, you know, I want to move over to the facilitator's guide, but when you say that the, the message of the movie is as strong now 
in the weeks after Henry's passed away as you reflect upon the power that this movie can still have for young people learning Henry's story. Uh, if you could kind of crystallize that that message, what what does it mean to you now? When, when you watch I Am Shakespeare, when you think about the story that Henry, in a very, I think, bold uh, and intimate filmmaking kind of stylistic move, the movie is almost entirely close-ups of his face, uh, sometimes in profile, sometimes straight on, talking uh, for an hour and a half about his life. Um, what what is that? What is that message in a, in a nutshell for you now, as you think about it, and uh, and maybe and what what is it you're looking to share with students who who see this movie? You know, you know, sort of the the amazing thing about Henry is for all of the difficulties and all the struggles that he went through with the violence, uh, with depression. Obviously, ultimately, we're getting shot and dealing with gun violence and these things. Um, his his optimistic approach to life and his his um, his incredible return to f- full strength and not just physically. Although, if you've seen the film, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, this was a uh, this was a this was a guy who was you know after the tra- you know post the transplant and getting back you know after being told he wouldn't be able to do countless things was you know was working out twice a day and was eating right and was out there working hard um you know and all these things i i think at times the the message of the danger and the need to communicate uh, on a daily basis uh and express sort of your challenges and your fears could have to some degree maybe were overshadowed by his his natural power and beauty and sort of artistic natures. And when you listen to the film now, you know, Henry speaks very, very eloquently about um, not taking these things for granted. And I think sometimes coming from him, I think you could take it for granted if that makes sense, because you're like, well, okay, I get all that, but look at you, you know, Look how look how strong you are. Look how you know uh, generous you are. Look how open minded you are. You know, like so. All right, so maybe I'll have a bad day or two, but um, at some point I'll be on the other side of it. And I think when you and 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 I and I know you've seen the film, but I, I you should see the film again, and, and you'll really see this sort of secret message that he puts into every storyline. Um, and then you you see it now that you're like. He, it's like he knew. You know, I'm not. I'm not out of the woods yet, and there's a there's a lot for me to still do. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it alone. Um, and I I think you know the one thing. You know, Henry and I. It took a while to get us to that place to make that film, as I think we talked about in previous interviews. You know, though it wasn't. We didn't set out to make a documentary. You know, uh, I'm predominantly a, a narrative fiction filmmaker. I write my fictional characters and I, I place them in a world that I, I feel comfortable with, um, and New Haven being the place for the last couple of films. And that was the journey. And then this transition happened and it became a documentary. And everything happens for a reason. And, and now I see that more so than ever before. So if that makes sense, like this, 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 it needed to be a documentary. And we used to joke about it you know, like a year ago, of course it had, like who else can be Henry, right? And it's like, that wasn't the reason. Now, I realize that now. T- 
tell me about the facilitator's guide before we move over to Grace. Yeah. So this was, um, so the foundation that funded the film, you know, really uh, have been instrumental in, in every step with the film. And they, they had an opportunity after seeing the film to, uh, to add another level of it, um, realizing that this, if you just show a film in a theater or in a, at a film festival, or even if you bring a film into a, a school or some community organization and you do a brief Q&A afterwards, it, it tends to become about the film and the filmmaking process and maybe a little bit about the, about the content. But with this content being as, as powerful as it is and, and so multifaceted, it really needed uh, a curriculum, a study guide. And so that's what we have now. It's, it's on the website, and it's, it's 26 pages of in-depth looks at all different aspects of Henry and all the challenges he had. I mean, l- probably predominantly, first and foremost, with the gun violence aspect mm-hmm. of it. But we deal with PTSD and depression and poverty and self-esteem issues and balancing life um, that we all do, whether you're in school or whether you're at work, but balancing that with your personal life and the sort of multi-personalities that come with that, as we all do. Uh, do you know of any classes that have, have used this? Have you gotten any feedback from folks who are... Yeah, so so right, we're, we're just launching now, right? So uh, we just did a, a, a canvas of universities all over the country and and we've gotten back, yeah, University of Virginia, and uh, so yeah, we've been we've been uh, dealing with that, and as we speak right now, with a number of different schools, and uh, meeting with co-op next week. So we'll be bringing that into where, if if you don't know, that's where Henry graduated from high school. So that's going to be obviously a powerful emotional day. So, um, so and yeah. is there any way to see, like, if someone is listening hasn't seen I Am Shakespeare, what's the best way or the most likely way for them to be able to see the movie. Yeah. Uh, so if you go to the, yeah, I am Shakespeare has an Instagram and it has a Facebook page and it has its website and it all directs the contact ultimately comes back to me. So you can contact me and we could do screenings. I just, um, we'll be going to Hamden hall with it, with the facil- facilitators guide. They're actually doing a great thing that I, I maybe we'll do more of these where we'll spend a day session with the students, uh, doing different, parts of the facilitator's guide and then later on that night doing a full screening uh for for their community and family and friends and i think that's so uh, i'm really i really appreciate that that they're doing that excellent well we'll definitely uh link to it on the deep focus radio website and we'll share uh links to to fen's uh website and facebook page uh if people are interested in pursuing that um, I want to say you're listening to WNHH LP, New Haven's Home for Community Radio. I'm your host, Tom Breen, and I'm talking with New Haven filmmaker Fen Dest, uh, the director of My Brother Jack, uh, and I am Shakespeare, and soon to be uh, Grace, the the third in his trilogy, all set in New Haven, returning to uh, narrative feature filmmaking after the documentary of I am Shakespeare. And Fen, besides reading uh, David Sepulveda's piece about the uh, about the movie, I think he wrote this past spring in anticipation of a fundraising event at the Arts Council of Greater New Haven that's serving as the fiduciary or fis- uh, fiscal agent for, for the project. Um, I, I don't know much about it, so please yeah. you know, introduce me and, and, the, and the listeners to, to Grace. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And uh, um, I think it's important for me to, as well to, to be here talking about it because, uh, yeah, so as you, as you just mentioned, uh, yeah, David did this great piece, and back in May... So I reached out to, let me back up a little bit. So a lot of people in the community know uh, when I make a film in New Haven, I, I really try to 
in, bring in as many components and businesses and uh, personalities from New Haven, even if it's a fictional film. With I Am Shakespeare, obviously, it was, it was Henry, and we could just really lock in on, on his story. When my brother Jack, you know, we, we brought in, you know, we obviously filmed all around the city, but we also did a lot of things behind the scenes with restaurants uh, and, and designers and, and, and most probably most known is the, the found object artist, which was sort of the, the onus of the film in many ways with uh, Silas Finch and, and his work. And I love that. That was one of my uh, favorite parts of making that film was doing sessions with Silas and then ultimately partnering up, getting his work in the film, but, but also his creative input into making that work. You know, uh, Malcolm Madero, who plays Jack, you know, he's, he's very artistic and musical and he's a great actor, but he's, yeah, he's not a found object artist, right? You know, we always make those jokes, right? Actors aren't really making, doing those operations. <laughs> they don't really know how to hold a gun if they're playing a bag, you know, so you need people that know what they're doing to make it look real. Right. So, so that was, uh, it was great to have Silas be a part of that. Um, so now with Grace, uh, I was really interested in in sort of taking a look at the city from a different perspective. You know, my brother Jack's gritty and it's artsy, uh, and I, I, I think it works in that way. It's always hard to talk about your own work, but I, that's what people tell me. Uh, it's a film noir, and it's got this sort of artistic tone to it. That I feel is very New Haven. Um, I am Shakespeare. Henry's Green story speaks for itself. So I wanted to take a look at that that other side of New Haven, you know, that that couture side, right? This amazing history and architect and design. And I wanted to start. Uh, so obviously, I started canvassing around the city and looking at architecture, uh, but I also wanted to bring it a little more personal to my characters. That's just how I work. A lot of times I base it on music. Uh, I've had this collaboration with New Haven-based uh, musician Johnny Rogers, who's done work for me. He was uh, my short film, Blind, that went to Cannes in 2008. At that time, the joke is it, it went with Cheap Trick material, but then I sold it, and then I, the first question they asked me was, do you own the rights to these Cheap Trick songs? And I'm like, of course not. So then I reached out to Johnny real quick, and I'm like, uh, I need some music. And at that time, Johnny had shifted into sort of the tone and the sounds that he's been doing with his glasswork and really stuff but you know he's you know as, as you some of you may not know or probably many many of you do know he and his brother steve were uh the mighty purple was this band they were in when they were young and it was very rock and roll and all this so so luckily he had some material for me and we just placed it right into blind and off it went and then later he did this amazing score as many people know for for my brother jack and now you've kind of built a filmmaking career out of centering local kind of new haven artists so Glad that Cheap Trick got out of there and, and Johnny Rogers gave him. But, you know, when you were thinking about New Haven architecture, uh, New Haven is, you know, a uh, rare example of a, a very small city that has a tremendously uh, kind of dense and rich uh, architectural uh, history and environment, particularly in the post-World War II years uh, when a lot of kind of star architects and a lot of uh, money was flooding into the Yale School of Architecture and it and you know we end up with buildings from everyone from Eros Arnin and Kevin Roach and all those kind of star level internationally recognized architects uh, who even though their buildings are you know in New Haven I don't know if they're necessarily associated with um, with the city maybe you disagree but I wonder how how do you where 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 are you finding that that New Haven angle when you're looking at you know some buildings made by some of the most renowned architects uh, in modernist architecture history yeah. I, 
I, you know, and that's the great thing about New Haven. I mean, they are in in, in other aspects of of the city too. They're these are world renowned people, right? Uh, in many different disciplines, and in this particular case, we're talking about architect, uh, and you're talking about these guys uh, at the top of that level. But it, you know, us in New Haven, they're just it's just Kevin, right? They're just these local guys. You know, we do that with all the writers who live here, and uh, and certainly in the amazing professors and. and all these different people who sort of walk these these streets in New Haven, but at the end of the day, they're just they're just guys you want to have a cup of coffee with, and just happens that yeah, in their particular craft and field, they they are they are the best. Can um, can you give us a like a one or two liner about the the plot of the movie? Is it architecture an architect at the center of it? Or yeah, professor? well, it, it's more his daughter, right? So it's a don't worry out there, any of you architects, not basing it. Yeah, it's a fictional character. Uh, who, you know, like many of us, many many hardworking dads and parents, you know, maybe um, leaned a little too much into our, our work. Uh, I think building iconic buildings around the world and in the city is obviously a, a, takes a lot of time and, and practice and dedication. Um, and during that time, I think he lost a little, lost sight of his, his parental duties with his daughter, Grace, and she sort of disappeared out of New Haven. And they sort of have to come back together and kind of reconcile that situation. And, you know, Grace is this beautiful musician who, you know, uh, uh, like many artists, you know, uh, maybe her passion for art was driven by a, a void in her childhood. Uh, I certainly know I can relate to that, and a lot of artists I know can often speak on that. So I, I, pulled, I pulled a lot of that through that character and one of my favorite characters I've ever written. Um, but I really wanted to bring her back home. And, and that was sort of my catalyst. And when I think of coming home to New Haven, some of the first things I see, you know, are these amazing buildings. And I, I did focus a little bit right now on some of the earlier drafts on, on the, on the brutalism and the brutalist buildings, um, which like you were talking about earlier in the sixties, you know, were these really, uh, sought after talked about pieces some of them failed you know we talked about the new haven coliseum i have a proof of concept clip where i have the demolition day of the new haven coliseum and anyone who lived in this in this city at that time you know certainly knows what that felt like even these like, what 10 years later it's still spellbinding to watch that yeah, building just absolutely. Come, <laughs> yeah, yeah. come crashing down and it's all the you know it's it's i think it's still a sore spot for a lot of new haveners because all we have in that location still is just this blank expanse of, yeah, of asphalt it's I, just a I, parking lot near near yeah. the union station i just read an article about that right i guess they're still waiting i guess it's uh, that kind of seem... pushing a little bit now to get something done there right so so and you know these build i'm tr i'm trying to think of uh you know when i think of like brutalist style in new haven that i think maybe because of its proximity to like the union station and the gateway to the city I think of the new haven police headquarters which i don't from what I know, is not you know made by one of these star architects we were referencing, yeah. but it is you know brutalism. I think is a style of architecture that is not aged particularly well in terms of how people right. like relate to which it. Which is great emotionally. for film, by the way. Which is great, and especially for metaphoric purposes. Because they're very well. like alienating things to look at. They're very uh, you know using uh, a lot of concrete, and they're pretty squat and angular and yeah. like aggressive looking. Um, are these? Uh, like what? What you get out of these buildings? Looking at them from a, a filmmaker's pr perspective, do you see uh, some kind of 
I don't know, parallel between the emotional interstate of the characters you're working with and whatever they they are surrounded by in the buildings or are the buildings serving some other role in the movie in what you hope to accomplish? Well, I, I think a combination of all those things, but uh, for me, at the core of it, especially as, as from the writing perspective, um, I saw a lot of correlations between these buildings and their sort of their shadows and their edges, um, which, yeah, I, I drew upon for for Grace's father uh, and sort of sort of how I saw him, um, sort of hard and driven, uh, but in the right light. They're extremely beautiful, right? And I think that's the amazing thing about some of these. But even some of the brutalistic parking lot, right? The Temple Street Garage, and the, like, you know, in the in the right when that sun captures it at the right time, or I, I happen to like it mostly on uh, rainy days. There's something about the wetness mm-hmm. on the concrete. You go, oh, that's that's it. There's there's the beauty in it, right? But on any normal given day, the other 360 days, it's only like five <laughs> days out of the year that you like really appreciate it, you know. And I know photographers know what I'm talking about. And I was fortunate; a lot of great photographers, you know, sent me some some shots and stuff. It really helped in in the writing process. Um, so the Temple Street parking garage, which I think is by Paul Rudolph, right? It's um, so that sounds like one that may be featured in the movie. Can uh, tell me? I don't know, pick out maybe one or two other buildings around the city that. Um, that you respond to in a particularly um, personal level or that you know you want to put yeah, in I, I mean, yeah, uh, and Of course, the Pirelli building, I th- you know, goes without saying, uh, but it's th- there a lot. You know, the, the, the original Knights of Columbus building, you know, and the, the tubular aspect of it. And I, you know, some of it's, a lot of this stuff does become personal because I have these stories. I remember back when I was an actor, I was doing this national tour, and one of the actors who was out of the Boston area, he, you know, when he learned that I was from New Haven, he'd be like, "Oh, you know, I I lived in I lived in Connecticut for a little while because his dad was a doctor at Yale and did a postdoc here or something." And he goes, "Yeah, I lived in the Shoreline. I think he lived in Guilford for a little while." And uh, uh, but he used to talk about the, he goes, "I was lit. He was like eight years old, but he would talk about this. He goes, "I remember this building that had no no walls." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, and that's why we would just spend hours just talking about this building and. Um, and I'd be like, well, yeah, that's, you know, I know that building. I drive by it every day and, you know, and we shared that story. And then sometimes it's not even for me, it's, it's memories. And I think, yeah, everybody can say that about their communities, but like, you know, we talked about it earlier, you know, the New Haven Coliseum, it's not here anymore, but it's a driving force for me in storytelling, you know, what was, what was once, you know, and for, for myself as a, as a concert goer, uh, almost daily, it seemed at, at a time, um, you know, it's a big void, but it's also filled with some really beautiful memories. Well, I, you know, I referenced uh, the, again, I think bold and I'd say very successful um, kind of stripped down style of I'm Shakespeare, where you're focusing on basically two shots, both close ups of Henry. From a visual perspective, uh, as you think about how you want to incorporate kind of architecture as the, you know, the art form at the center of grace. How are you, how are you thinking about um, like what you're going to do with your camera? What you're going to do to with the characters and uh, how the story is going to kind of wrap around the buildings, visually speaking? Yeah. No, um, so without a doubt, this this is going to be my the my biggest undertaking as a filmmaker, um, which stands to reason. That's how I want it to be, and especially if you're going to make a movie uh, that's going to feature a character who's an architect and you're going to feature the city in that way. You know, I always talk about that, right? So my brother, Jack, I, I stayed on the ground. 
there's other than the motorcycle there's i of there's no cars there's bicycles and everybody walks and 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 that's how i see new haven in many ways that's how i get around that's how you get around right uh, and that's how many artists get around and i even did that even when we brought in the the criminal aspect storyline which came later in like my third draft uh, and it became sort of a whodunit even the cops right even the detective you know i always had them walking into the scene uh you know sort of coming out of nowhere which is my memories of spending time in new orleans and the police just oh there they are you don't hear the sirens you don't see the car coming you know no chance to escape kind of a thing right uh so i really kept it on the ground level and then obviously i'm shakespeare is sort of a different format and a different tone and it plays that way uh although you know we did sneak some aerial footage uh so you know things change film styles and and uh as a filmmaker i mean you want to grow but also technology changes so the you know there i didn't have access to a drone when i made my brother jack i don't think i would have used it anyway but i i probably i would have considered it i suppose it's so great right? and you can get some amazing shots now uh and this city looks great from above so so now i get to do that right so now i get to go above the city and look down on it and really open it up in the canvas but another thing I want to touch on that I was, I was mentioning about grace is the other balance I'm trying to get of this dark sort of edge with some of these buildings in New Haven is also the the yin and yang of that is the beauty. So I was mentioning earlier about reaching out to artists in New Haven that I like to work with. So um, I had known I was a fan of his work, but I know just like Silas, I didn't know I wasn't friends with him. I didn't have a, a personal relationship with him. I just had a, a professional respect relationship with him is uh, our, a New Haven-based fashion designer, Neville Wisdom. And, you know, I reached out to Neville about the project and we're really ready for him to say, no, that's not my thing, man. Yeah, but, uh, but he did. Uh, and we've built a friendship and we built a collaboration. Uh, at the event we did in May uh, was beautiful up on the rooftop at the Arts Council in the Greater New Haven Foundation Building. And, you know, Neville brought sketches and we projected them on the wall. And... Yeah, you know, I, I do want to come back to this summer. You know, the summer became difficult because as I was getting ready to to start promoting Grace and fundraise, and you had mentioned that earlier. Yes, so uh, the Arts Council has stepped in as the fiscal sponsor for the film, which means if you want to donate to the film, which I hope you do, uh, you could do it as a tax write-off uh, through our nonprofit, Greater New Haven Arts Council. Um, so we really started building this momentum late spring, early summer with Neville, and then. Uh, you know, Henry passed away, and I felt, I, I didn't feel very inspired to make another film, to be quite honest with you. I, I, I felt I needed to take a little break. I'm fortunate that I've, I've been a part of this wonderful summer theater program at a neighborhood music school called Audubon Arts, and, and that's kind of my distraction hmm. for six weeks anyway. So the timing, if, you could, if there could have been good timing for all this, I guess it would have been then. I was able to just focus on directing my musical and working with those amazing high school kids is always recharges my battery. And everybody was so supportive and understood what I was going through. I guess I don't mean to dwell on it again, but it was, it was a tough time. It was a difficult time. Um, but you got to go back to work, right? And uh, yeah, I'm a filmmaker, so I've got to make films. And, and you know, and Henry was very supportive of, of Grace, and we talked a lot about it because we walked around a lot um, uh, uh, the idea of, uh, and I've, I've, I'm, I keep coming back to this idea of, is there a way for me to link the three films visually into Grace, too, which um, I'm starting to play around with with my new draft. So 
anyway, so it's exciting to have Neville involved with it and bring in this sort of fashion couture playing against this hard edge of the city, but really balancing the two to show the beauty. Because, like I said, I, I, I've been all over this country. I've traveled extensively, uh, both nationally and internationally. And at the end of the day, when you, come to, in, when you come back home to New Haven, you're like, damn, this is a good city. This is a good city. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, uh, the town-gown divide between, yeah. the universe, between Yale University in particular and downtown New Haven and the surrounding neighborhoods, featured quite prominently, especially towards the beginning of, of I'm Shakespeare, as Henry's talking about uh, what kind of what helped drive some of the anger and resentment and yeah. lack of understanding he felt uh, between himself and a lot of people who, uh, you know, wealthier, uh, often whiter, and certainly a lot more privileged, uh, who kind of scoot into the city for uh, a couple months every, you know, four years and, and then are out of here. Right. Um, it sounds like, Unlike my brother Jack, this you know Grace is quite deliberately putting a foot into the the gown side of town gown a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. And so, uh, considering how you've explored that theme in in previous films, um, what do you? Is there something you're looking to say through through Grace about how this city struggles with that tension between uh, you know a an elite university at the center of a city where neighborhoods you know are still rife with you know, a, a lot of social ills that every post-industrial city yeah, has Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And listen, we're not the only town and gown. I always talk about this, right? You know, we're not the only town and gown city. Uh, but we're not just any town and gown city. Uh, the gown we speak of is Yale, right? I mean, of course, there's other universities too. But when you say town and gown in New Haven, you know who you're speaking about. And the town, you know, the, it's uh you know, the people that make up this city are, are extremely passionate and dedicated and intelligent in all their different aspects. Um, in their own right, they're the best at what they do. Just like the university is the best at what they do. Um, and yeah, four years goes quick. This has always been my experience. You can come into a community, uh, you can sort of play around a little bit with it and at the, uh, in a blink of an eye your your time is gone but you you leave a mark um and i think uh, in new haven we we don't forget and we're affected by those marks both good and bad and i think with grace i definitely want to sort of draw out not not the not only the bad you know but also the good and the combination of the two um you know the town and gown thing has been is is always sort of played around with me in my writing and i've done a lot of uh, a lot of treatments that focus on that i actually once had a a, a project for a reality show based here in new haven uh, a very much similar format of town and gown of putting three university students in in an apartment with three townies and and playing that out and it never came in we were in development with it it never never happened but so it's always been around me and uh, you know really uh, and I have to thank Henry again because in the development of I Am Shakespeare and then ultimately doing the interviews with Henry, Henry reminded me of the impact of the gown in what you had just mentioned earlier. Um, and he did it in a way that gave me a, a fresh perspective on it as a writer. Because, you know, I get, I, you know, I, I'm a university professor at UConn. And I, you know, so I lived sort of both lives in many ways. And I, uh, you know, which is good and bad, I think, as a writer. I think it's some, you know, with writing, you have to, uh, I'm, I've always been taught, at least, and I believe it, you've got to make a choice. 
and you've got to dig in on it. You know, you can't please everybody. It's okay to piss somebody off. You ultimately will probably gain their respect by doing so. Um, and and Henry reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of their uh, part of our, our conversation about I Am Shakespeare uh, those months ago that really stuck with me is one of the challenges of making a documentary is that you never really know when the story ends. I mean, you are telling a, a true story. Uh, you're trying to capture as, as much of it as, as possible on camera, but you know, these are real people. There's a real world you're documenting, and, and it just kind of continues. And so part of the requirement of the director is to say, this is, this is where the story, the part of the story that I'm telling ends. You have a lot more control over that when it comes to fiction. As you're saying, you create the characters, right. you create what they go through, uh, you create the setting to a certain extent. Do you feel like you're at a point in grace where you, you know, like, do you, do you have this, is this all in your head right now? It's just a matter of getting the money and the, the people together to make it happen? Or where are you in the trajectory of, of putting grace on camera? Uh, yeah, I, I guess like any, every business, right. But especially with film, everything's lined up, everything's ready to go except for, yeah, that, that the most important one, right. The financial component, you know, um, people have come in, I, 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 you know, we're not at zero, but I don't feel, uh, I can't start it for me the way I work. I can't start a project until I, I actually see the ending and, and know how I, where I'm going. And with independent films, it's not just about making the film, but having a strategy to, to get it out there, uh, a marketing campaign. These things are very important right now. Um, you know, there's the running joke with film, right? Everyone's like, yeah, uh, the good news is, you know, it's easy to get distribution. The bad news is it's easy to get distribution, <laughs> right? And I know, Tom, you go to festivals, you go up to Toronto and all that. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You know, it's it, back in the, you know, getting distribution was, was the holy grail for a filmmaker. Now it's, you know, you turn down more distribution offers than you actually accept. Uh, you know, it's, it's a whole different game right now. So you have to be prepared for that. And, and for me, you know, in making by my brother Jack, it was everything lined up well and perfect. And we had a great run with that. It was award winning and we eventually got it out on all the VOD platforms and, and so forth and so on, you know, but, um, but the climate changed like a week later where that's just not enough. You know, you have to build a, you got to really build an audience, um, beforehand. And that's what, that's what the bigger distributors are looking for. Um, so my goal with this film is obviously not only to, to get the, the best distribution out there possibly for the film, but also to, to get the best talent to come in and do the film here in New Haven. I know they want to come here. People may know, you know, I did the sit downs with James Franco and Adrian Brody for my brother, Jack, you know, it's not a matter of, uh, not, not being able to get them. You just have to be prepared to get them, be ready. Uh, not just financially, you know, it's not about with actors at that level. You don't, your budget's not big enough to cover what they can. They can go off and do a, a, a watch commercial in Italy and be good for the year, right? So we know that. We understand that, especially guys like that. Um, but yeah, but, but, but with Grace, yeah, it is about bringing in some uh, some marquee names, some names that are, are, are respected in the, in the craft. Uh, you know, but also I know have a, have a connection with New Haven or, or, or Yale and have a passion for it. So yeah, we've lined everything up. I have great producers involved. My crew, many of you guys remember from my brother Jack who are based in LA. You know, they're, they're ready to go. Everybody's ready to go. The script is tight. It's sharp. Uh, but yeah, we just need that completion money and, and we'll go make another movie. Yeah. 
I'm so excited to check it out. <laughs> man. Um, well, t- you know, I think this is as good a spot as any then to you know, remind our listeners where they can go and give money. I mean, if people want to check out uh, the your your previous films, other work you've done, but also if they want to go out and support Grace, where do they go? Right, so I think we mentioned it earlier, but like I said, um, I, I'm, I've learned over the years that I guess I'm pretty easy to get a hold of, you know? <laughs> It's like I always say every, especially this time of year, I'm reminded of it because I, I walk I, on, on campus and I, I show up in my, in my classes and I start to say something about me or about the projects. I teach film and I also teach theater. Um, and, you know, my classes are around 40 each. They're, they're capacity classes and everybody's already done the Google search and they, you know, oh yeah, we know that's your film and all that. So, so I know I'm, I'm out there to, to be contacted, but like we mentioned earlier, um, I think Really quick, I said, like, if you're, if you haven't seen my brother Jack or you just want to be reminded of, of my work, uh, based in, in fiction, uh, you know, it's on Amazon and iTunes and Hulu and pretty much every VOD platform but Netflix. Uh, those are just usually separate contracts. You do one or the other. So there's always that opportunity. Um, it's, uh, and not just for me, there's great, the performances in that film are great. The music's great. The visuals are great. It's, it's just a, it's a, that film ages really well. It just keeps getting better and better with that. And then with I Am Shakespeare, like we said, I, it's all about that facilitator's guide and, and getting into your communities, getting into your schools. And I will come to your school. I will spend a day. Listen, I was a New Haven public school teacher at one time in a former life. You know, I know what it's like. I'll, I'll sit there and eat that lunch and, and hang out in the faculty room, do whatever I can to to get the film in there uh, and the message across Um yeah, I think we mentioned earlier. Unfortunately, Henry's no longer with us, but his his film and his message is, and um, that's my job. I always tell people this really quick. Yes, of course, I'm uh, I'm a filmmaker, and I need to make films. That's that's what satisfies me, uh, and I'm determined to make Grace. Uh, we set out to make three films about New Haven, and and we're we're two thirds of the way, so we're almost there. So I just need your help to get that funding, and obviously, yeah, you can do it uh, and help yourself out by going to the the Arts Council and. Like I said, they're the fiscal sponsor, and they, they could, you could donate that way or any other way you want to do it. You know, you could leave money in my mailbox. Any way you want to do it is fine with me. Uh, but connecting the three films is is exciting to me. And I'm, uh, so, so thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. Well, here. it's it's great to have a local filmmaker in here. Um, and you know, we, I talk with a lot of uh, documentary filmmakers. Um, I think that uh, you're you know quite unique in in making feature fiction films set in New Haven starring new haven uh artists and settings and uh and it's yeah really you know someone who thinks a lot about movies it's it's very exciting to to have you working in the city so we'll make sure to link to all of all of the great stuff that fen mentioned on the deepfocusradio.com webpage where you can find over uh three years of conversations about movies in new haven um but yeah fen we'll catch up with you next time thanks for coming on absolutely thanks tom